What is up, guys? Dylan Weber and Matt DeBerry back at it. Matt, how are you? Doing well, man. Good to good to be back. A lot going on. I know we've got a great show for everyone today, but um, yeah, it's good to be back. How about yourself? Doing all right. It's it's been kind of slow for me. Um, you know, ready for football to get started back up. Well, it's definitely back, um, and we'll jump into it. Big show. We we're going to talk some Georgia football recruiting. Lots of different stuff. We're also going to jump into uh, some different topics later, uh, some Braves talk, NBA talk, and, and so on. So uh, make sure you guys listen to uh, the whole podcast today. But we're going to start off with some Georgia football. Big news, uh, I guess it was earlier this month. Dylan, you were on top of this. If you're on Dog Post, uh, you got the news pretty quick about Jeremiah Holloman. Dylan, take us through that. You know How was it? you know, getting that information on your end and what it, what do you think it means for the Georgia program? Obviously this is a gigantic loss. I mean, it was just, it all developed so quickly and I don't know anyone who's ever listened to JJ talk or, you know, watch videos of him post game. It was real surprising to hear about. Um, I mean, it just all came out of the blue. I, I think we got all the information on a Friday. I had heard that on Thursday he might not be with the team anymore. So I went down to the Georgia police station, the UGA uh, police department, and just asked for anything regarding him and got that back. And then, I mean, it was just reading through it, the whole police report. I think it was about 22 pages. Um, I mean, just shocking and so weird for a guy like that just to have all that come up out of nowhere. And the craziest thing was, I mean, I didn't even realize it until maybe like 30 minutes into looking into it, that it happened a year ago. I mean, he played all the last season with this already, you know, had it happened. And that's not yeah. to say I, I think anyone knew about it, but, I mean, that is just weird to think about that it took that long for all this to come up. Yeah, you did an excellent job on this. Uh, I know you were ahead of the game before a lot of people, or most people, I guess, but you were able to get that news out, um, and that was a, a really good job on your end. But, yeah, J.J. is a guy, well, I know him as Jeremiah Jeremiah, I mean, I covered him when he was a sophomore in high school. One of the first camps I ever covered uh, was one with Miko Harmon and uh, Julian Rochester and Elijah Holyfield. But one of the guys who stood out was this young kid, tall, lanky, lean receiver, and it happened to be Jeremiah Holloman. So and that was back in 2015, and um, his recruitment blew up like 13 months later. Once Georgia started recruiting him hard, he was you know, obviously chose to be a bulldog signed with them in 2017, but this is a guy who I, I feel like I've known a while. I've covered a long time, and he is a really good kid. Um, and this was shocking, like you said. Um, obviously, a, a, a nice kid, especially if you get to know him. I couldn't believe the news at first; it was uh, that shocking. But uh, just terrible news overall. And we hate to just jump in, you know, right into a football aspect of it because this was really sad but we are a football podcast and this is a gigantic it's, loss so yes, I mean, it's, our, you, it's our job to talk about yeah, this um yeah so wh what do you think the the receiver room looks like now without their leading returner a guy who scored two touchdowns against florida uh, had some big plays another touchdown against missouri one against tech i mean he was a good player who was probably going to lead the team in receiving where do you think they go from here well yeah i mean i think it was he was the one receiver in the top five uh, production wise from last season that was returning. I mean they lost Miko Hardman, Riley Ridley, uh, Isaac Nada, 
and Terry Godwin. And so he was supposed to be, you know, that guy, the guy who has done it before. But now, I mean, you have a guy like Demetrius Robertson who has done it before, but in the Pac-12. That's the only thing. I mean, and he had a stellar freshman year at Cal. I think he had, what, somewhere around 800 yards and, um, you know, seven touchdowns or so. But, I mean, last year didn't do much for Georgia. I think he was hurt a lot of it. But then after that, it's just a bunch of guys who, you know, highly recruited out of high school, but guys who haven't produced yet. And that's a little scary. I mean, this is payday for pay season for guys like Demetrius Robertson and Tyler Simmons. If they want to make it at the next level, they're going to have to show that they can, you know, not necessarily carry a team because there are a lot of guys. No one's going to be asked to carry it, but mm-hmm. make some plays in big games. Tyler Simmons flashed a little bit last year, big touchdown catch against Auburn that they needed. So uh, we'll see. There's a lot of guys who can step up. But the guy that I'm looking forward to watching more of is Karis Jackson. Uh, I think he could ha- be a guy who really uh, has a better year than folks realize. But well, he, He's someone that I think people kind of forget about. Um you know, because we get lost in the names of Don Blaylock and Demetrius Robertson and Matt Landers, I guess. But Kiaris Jackson, last season Kirby praised him a lot, and we didn't really see much of him. But he seems like a guy who's pretty versatile and is, you know, very well fitted for the slot. Yeah, and he's big. He, he's got some muscle on him. He can break tackles, and I think he can help in the, the kick return game and the punt return game. He'll be an option back there. Uh, James Cook. Maybe Dominic Blaylock and a few others will get an opportunity there. But as if you're Jake Fromm, I mean, who's the guy you lean on? I mean, that's got to be the guy he's trying to figure that out right now because there is no number one. Um, I don't know what you're hearing there. I mean, certainly he's in the ear of George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. These guys are going to have to be ready. But if you're Jake Fromm, you're looking around and saying, where's my go-to guy? Where's my third down guy? And that's someone that he has to develop that connection with right now uh, when practice starts um but we'll see where it goes numbers wise i don't think he's going to lap the stat sheet because again this is a run first offense mm-hmm. still and, but last year uh you've got it here in the notes 2335 yards 27 touchdowns i think the yards might be a little more than that because i think he you know as well, the junior quarterback he'll be able to so throw the, more but, the, go ahead those yards those are the Two two thousand three hundred thirty five yards is what they lost in receiver production. Oh, okay, I see and that now. Twenty seven touchdowns. I think he threw for nearly three thousand yards. Yeah. And yeah, so, I read that wrong. But I mean, who who's he going to throw to now? I mean, that's that's the question because his first two seasons, you look and he had guys that when he was in trouble, he could always kind of count on. Year one, his freshman year, was Javon Wims, and you know he had several of those throws back foot where he just threw it up to Javon and he brought it down. And last year was Riley Ridley. So now you, you really wonder, I mean, no, no one has that kind of size and skill that either of those guys do. Um, you know, J.J. did, but he's gone. I mean, size-wise, you look at Matt Landers as possibly that guy, but, I mean, I think he's just too inconsistent from what we've seen and what we've heard about, I mean, his skill. I've, I've heard that at times he looks like the best receiver that Georgia football's ever seen, and at times he just looks like a nobody. And I think well, it's just going to be hard to see. Yeah, well, Jake Fromm is going to be asked that about uh, the receiving core at SEC Media Days. Uh, Dylan, you're going to be there, right? That's a UND yep, type of deal? Yep, yep. Really excited. What would you want to ask? Yeah, who are you excited to talk to? Let me guess, it's going to be Andrew Thomas, Charlie Warner, 
Jake Fromm. I mean, I mean guys we're... say Kirby wishes he could bring John Fitzpatrick back to this. Yeah, of who course. Who you expecting to hear from, and who do you? What do you think? Uh, what are you looking for out of it? I mean, yeah, I think I, I would be shocked if they didn't bring Jake Fromm, and that will definitely be the question: is just who, you know, who are you going to throw to, and how is it to build a relationship and connection with almost an entirely new block of guys? And you know, he like in the past he's thrown to Tyler Simmons and Demetrius Robertson before, but not nearly enough to have you know a formidable connection with them that he did with the guys like Michael Hardman and Riley last year. So I think that will be a big question. Um, you know, they'll ask about James Coley and the changes there and what he expects. Um, and then Andrew Thomas I'd like to hear from and just, you know, what he thinks about this offensive line and what it's like to play with, you know, I, I would say the best offensive line in this country. Yeah, and he's definitely the lead anchor there. He's a three-and-out guy. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was a top-ten pick, but good luck getting a whole lot out of him. He's another guy that I covered early in his high school career. Uh, Big-time gentle giant right there, but obviously a, a massive ideal left tackle, and he's going to – I mean, the, Jake Fromm's going to have some time to, to pass this year for sure. Interesting fact about Andrew Thomas. I don't know if you knew this about him, but I was talking to um, his coach from um, – uh, Coach Slade at uh, Pace Academy. Yeah, at, at Pace. And apparently, he's a uh, a big musician. Like he taught himself to play the piano and the saxophone. Andrew That's Thomas cool. did not is, know that. Yeah, you, you don't you don't expect that out of a <laughs> future top ten pick at left tackle. But I thought it'd be tough to play piano if you got With big giant, giant hands, and fingers. But maybe you know, it is, man. Talented, talented dude. Um. So, yeah, lots of team stuff going on. If you're on Dog Post, make sure you're on Dog Post. There's lots of content coverage coming from SEC Media Days. But uh, the, this past, past month was big for me. It was a big June on the recruiting trail, Dylan. Uh, six commitments uh, from Georgia or for Georgia this month. A lot of them coming from Florida. They picked up a defensive lineman commitment. He'll play defensive tackle Warren Brinson out of IMG. Picked Georgia over Florida. They got Josh Braun uh, from the Jacksonville area, massive 6'6", 330-pound offensive lineman. He chose Georgia over Florida and South Carolina. Marcus Roseme, the number one wide receiver in the state of Florida, chose Georgia over Florida. He told me that he knew Georgia was going to be the pick two or three days after his official visit to Florida. So that was really interesting. I wrote a story up on that. Uh, if you're listening, make sure you're on Dog Post. That was a good story there. Uh, but he's one of the top receivers in the country. Uh, fresh off an official visit to Florida, chooses Georgia less than a week later. Um, Corey Wren, you've got your Isaiah McKenzie type slot wide receiver uh, who's going to help you in the punt and kick return game. Um, big speedy guy out of uh, Louisiana. They got their kicker, Jared Zirkle from the middle of nowhere in Texas. Um, hope that doesn't offend anyone there. Super small town uh, out there, Dylan. There's a lot of middle of nowhere, Texas. Okay. It's like right underneath Oklahoma. It's oh, right wait, there. what? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's like way real middle North of Texas, nowhere. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but he can kick the football pretty far, so he's got a scholarship to Georgia. Uh, I think I'm missing one more. Um, but if you're on a dog post, you can go look that up. But big recruiting month for Georgia. Um, Andrew Ram is a guy who I just wrote a story on about 10 minutes ago on dog post. He's going to make his decision public this week. I think it's down to Georgia and Oklahoma. Uh, Michigan is that third team in there. But right now I feel like he is going to commit to Oklahoma. But with Sam Pittman, uh, you never really know. So he's a guy who could commit to Georgia this week. 
I think it'll be Oklahoma, but uh, again, you never know there. And then um, later this month, five-star running back Kendall Milton out of Fresno, California, will be making his decision. Uh, 6'2", 220-so-pound guy uh, will choose uh, between Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, and I think one more. I think Texas was in that fifth range. I'm not really sure, but could be another big month for Georgia on the recruiting trail. I mean, running back-wise, I think you said Georgia needs to take two guys in this class. And yeah. right now it seems like it would be between Milton, Zach Evans out of Houston, and Tank Bigsby. Where do you think Georgia's at with those guys, and who do you think they bring in? Well, right now I think they're going to get Kendall Milton, the five-star running back from California, and then I think they'll stay in-state and land Tank Bigsby, uh, Bigsby out of uh, West Georgia. Took a lot of visits to Auburn recently. Um, a lot of people thought he might be headed to South Carolina, but Georgia's really turned up the heat on him this spring. I uh, went and did a personal workout again with the staff, and uh, I'm hearing that Georgia has been in this for a while now, more than people think. And I think if they push for Tank Bigsby, I do think they can land him. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd is another top 100 running back. He's committed to South Carolina. I think Georgia's going to stay in his ear and keep trying to flip him, but. I do think they're going to land Kendall Milton later this month, and I think they're going to get one or the other between Tank Bigsby and Marshawn Lloyd. Um, still hearing Georgia's in the mix for Zach Evans, but I think LSU and Alabama are ahead of Georgia right now. Hearing more LSU than anyone, but he's taken unofficial visits to Texas and Texas A&M since leaving them out of his top five. So you can't really count those guys out just yet. So. Uh, while I have heard that Georgia's still in the mix for Zach Evans, I think they have a better shot at Tank Bigsby um, or Marshawn Lloyd right now. But I'm going to go with Kendall Milton, uh, the five-star, and then Tank Bigsby, the high four-star. And those are two of the country's best running backs. And um, that's an A-plus job for Kirby Smart and the staff if they can pull that off. And likely if they brought in two guys of that caliber, I mean, you think they would probably be playing a majority of the snaps next year. And that's assuming – you know, DeAndre Swift goes pro. But after that, I mean, who would be next on that list? James Cook after Brian Harrion and DeAndre Swift? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, maybe Zamir White's still the biggest yeah. question mark on the team. Uh, James Cook is still more of a weapon than an actual running back. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny McIntosh uh, is the incoming freshman. Big bruiser type. I wouldn't say he's a three-down complete back just yet, but he's a guy who can get some carries and should still be successful at this level. But, yeah, Kendall Melton is a guy who can come in and, and see the field right away. And Tank Bigsby is a guy who wants to do that as well. He told us in February when we went down to see him and did a big photo shoot with him, he said he's gonna his plan is three and out, take care of his family, this and that. You know, he's all business. He wants to come in and play early. That means a lot to him. So if Georgia is pushing for him, it's – because they think he can come in and play, which is exactly what he's looking for. So, uh, again, the, the George is going to be okay at running back for a long, long time. As always. Matt, how are the Braves? The Braves are good, man. The Braves are good. It's exciting. Um, have you seen a game since we were at the beach, I guess? Mm, I've uh, seen one on, but I didn't really tell what was happening. I think they were playing the Pirates. Okay. That was a tough Tough series. I think they won three out of four there. But, no, they're six games up in the division. They're hitting the ball really well. The young guys are playing really well. Freddie Freeman has been outstanding at first base. Josh Donaldson at third uh, was playing terrible baseball for the first two months. 
Now he's tearing the cover off of it. But they're fun to watch. They're scoring runs. They've got a lot of young players, but the pitching still isn't there. Um, I mean, they'll make the playoffs. They should, I don't want to say run away with the East, but they should have no trouble towards the end. I don't think it'll be a dramatic you know, race to the, the end. I think they'll win the division, and they have a chance to win a playoff series for the first time in like, this decade. I don't think they've won a playoff series since 2000 or 2001. So it's been a long, long time. But they're not going to beat the Dodgers. They're not that good. They're not going to play in the World Series. Uh, but this is a really good team, and they have been fun to watch this summer. And, I mean, six games up, second-best record in the National League, uh, fifth-best best record in baseball. They've been fun to watch. Uh, the Home Run Derby's tonight. Ronald Acuna Jr. is uh, in the Home Run Derby uh, representing the Atlanta Braves. So that'll be fun to watch. But I know you're not a baseball guy, Dylan, but um, it has been fun. Um, but they're not a World Series type of team this year. They could be in the next few years, but I'm not going all in on the World Series run just yet because it, the best teams do find a way to win it all in baseball. And they're not better than the Dodgers, but it has been a fun summer to watch. What do you think it would mean for them to win just one playoff series? Do you, like just going forward with the future? Oh, that'd be huge. Well, a lot of it, it's it's tough to be a Braves fan because you, you we expect to win the division. We expect that, but I never have any expectations of doing anything in the postseason. So they've gotten there a lot. They've lost in the first round pretty much every time in the past 20 years. So it would be a big deal, uh, especially because that's where I expect this team. I expect them to win a series in the playoffs and get over that hump this year because they really can hit the ball. And um, they are fun to watch. They come, they, they're great in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, but they don't have a true closer. The bullpen isn't there, and they're starting pitching. That's what wins in the playoffs. That's what gets you to the World Series is dominant starting pitching, guys who can take you seven, eight, maybe nine innings of shutout ball and get you a win You know when you're on the ropes and have to win. I don't think the Braves have those type of guys except for Mike Soroka, who's 20, 21 years old. Uh, but, again, a lot of young talent coming in, and it's fun to watch. But if they could just win a playoff series, that would be huge. I mean, that would be huge. Because that's, I'm not expecting a World Series from this team, but that is an achievable goal. And that's all you can hope for as an Atlanta sports That's fan. all I can hope for. But um, while I've been watching the Braves have an outstanding June, win more than 20 games, we had the NBA going on, and or the free agency at least, uh, which was, I guess, more fun to watch than the actual playoffs straight up it, it honestly almost was it was more exciting it's it's almost kind of like reality tv show there's so much gossip and drama with it and it's just it's yeah. so exciting you just kind of like scroll through twitter just looking for all these little nuggets of just like like the whole chris paul james harden thing of them just like hating each other yeah. that was awesome and way more exciting than a lot of the playoff basketball i don't like i don't like either one of those guys i'm not a chris paul fan i don't think he's a hall of famer and i i don't know i'm just not okay I, I wouldn't have James Harden on my team if I'm a GM. I wouldn't be one of the first guys. I'd be like, yeah. Who would you have instead? Trey Young? Um, not yet. I mean, James Harden is, no, he's a top five player in the league probably. Um, but I, I don't know. I've never been a Chris Paul guy. But I will say that the NBA hasn't really done it for me in the past few years because there has been no parity. And I talked about this with you all the time. I know you're a big basketball guy more than I am, but – it, it sucked going into the season knowing there's only one or two teams who have a chance to win the whole thing, and it's 
most likely going to be the Warriors the past four or five years. But I, I love the free agency. I do think there's more parity in the league now than there has been in a long, long time. And I, I'm so glad Kawhi didn't go to the Lakers and ruin all of that and yeah. have the Lakers be that dominant team. That would have sucked. But I, I do think that there's a, a lot of teams. I think the East could be wide open. I think the Hawks have a chance to make the playoffs. You see, they um, just signed uh, Jabari Parker, if you remember him. Former Duke yeah, player. Oh, yeah, out of Duke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Hawks, I think, are doing everything they can right. I love Cam Reddish at 10. Uh, I was okay with DeAndre Hunter at 4. Um, but I think they have a nice little nucleus. And um, But I don't think when, when they're trying to spend money in the next year's free agent class, you probably know more about this than I do, but I don't think there's really anyone to go out and get. I mean, No, this was like this signed. was the year. That, like this, yeah. this free agent class was like, you know, bigger than anything we've ever seen before. Just so many guys. So who do you, I mean, KD's not playing next year, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think the Nets are going to – I mean, the East is wide open. I, I think yeah. I think the Sixers just – I'm not believing in the Sixers. I'm, I'm not a Philly sports guy yeah, at all. Yeah, I was going to say, is that out of just straight bias? A, a little bit, a little bit. But I've said this to you and Dean. I think this is a shooter's league. And they went off size. I don't yeah. think anybody could shoot the ball. And I just think that, that was an odd way to go. And they, they just gave this dude a max contract. Tobias Harris, who's been in the league for like eight years, hasn't even made an all-star. And they're going to give him all this money. Al Horford does nothing in the postseason. I watched him you know, with the Hawks. He was, I mean, his worst basketball all year was in the postseason. You go out and give him all this money. I, I, I That's a lot of money they're throwing out. And I, I don't. Think, and they didn't get any shooters. That's my whole thing. So I, I hope I'm right in saying the Sixers are out in the second round. But I think the East is wide open. I mean, what are your thoughts on everything? Who do you think got better, and who do you think the best teams will be next year? Well, I mean, the two best teams are probably in Los Angeles, if we're being real. And I think Vegas favors them, too. Um, I mean, the Lakers have made some moves. They just signed Avery Bradley like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Korver, he's still out there. That's someone, you know, that teams like – the Lakers, the Sixers, the Sixers could go out and get him. But, I mean, that's just a, a good shooter waiting for someone. Someone like the Sixers needs something like that. This is the first time no one's talked about the Warriors, but they still have, you know, Clay Steph. and Steph yeah. and Draymond. I mean, and they got D'Angelo Russell. So, I mean, yeah. they, just got, they got three straight cash shooters. I mean, I still think they've got a shot, but it definitely seems like the Clippers and, and the Lakers are the, the two best teams. But, um so now I've got to pull against them. I mean, other than the Hawks, I don't really have a, a say in you know all these big super teams on you know which one I'd like to see win. But as long as the Hawks get better, that's fine. But I, I do think it's kind of cool going in and having a number of different teams in the mix. But you think those two are the best right now? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. You think people yeah. are going to start caring about the Hawks now? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I was. <laughs> I hope so, but we'll see. That right now, I'm, I'm still all in on the Braves. Uh, I like what the Hawks are doing. I will watch the Hawks as much as I can when the season starts. But um, when when thinking about these those elite teams, though, I don't I don't know where I go from there. I don't want to see Boston or Philly win. I don't want to see the LA teams win. I don't I don't like any of them. So. No, I kind of like the Clippers. I like Kawhi. He's funny. Gotcha. Um, well, cool. What are, what are you doing the um, rest of the month? What we got going on here? I know we've got to uh, start seeing some prospects here and there. Yeah. But um, when is practice 
practice start and uh, what can we expect from the team uh, for the rest of the summer real quick as we exit? Um, well, uh, I think SEC Media Day starts you know, in a week from here, so if you're not going on dog post, starting next Monday would be a great time. Um, you know, we got four straight days of, of coverage of just every single SEC team. Practice does not start up until, I think, early August, so we have a little bit of time before then. But until then, um, you know, Dean and I are working on some big stories. You know, big DeAndre Swift story. I flew up to Philadelphia for that to talk to people close with him. That will be coming out in, you know, a month or so. Uh, Andrew Thomas doing a big story there. Ben Cleveland. So if y'all aren't on Dog Post right now, this is a great time to get on, um, you know, with SEC Media Day coverage and these big stories coming up. we got one on Jake Fromm as well. Uh, some good stuff coming up. All right, real quick, um, I didn't give you a chance to mention your Knicks. Do you want to say something about the Knicks, or do you do you want to just end? Um, just keep them in your thoughts and prayers, everyone, <laughs> please. Uh, yeah, uh, Dylan's New York Knicks, um, as we end this, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, and make sure you get on Dog Post. See you later. See you all.